0: what's up everyone welcome to episode number 27 of the beyond jiu-jitsu podcast i'm joined here with adam charles
1: what's up kieran i'm not gonna say it bro i was almost gonna be like whoa 27 episodes you're (laughs) You're
0: smashing through man that's like every episode between that and going that's like your your like shtick at the moment yeah. I've, I've thought about editing that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it
1: takes it's too much work. Yeah, it's, it's too much effort,
0: it. man. I, I couldn't be bothered. So, uh, yeah, this is episode number 27, and we're talking about what it takes to get a black belt.
1: Why are we talking about that? Uh, I, well, I guess it kind of came up because I just recently got my first degree on my black belt. Uh. Yeah, just for the first degree, you're on supposed your... to put the applause track in there. Brother. Oh yeah, clap, clap, clap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was oh, my... you've just oh, this is completely off topic. But the fact that's you not said, like us. Yeah, the fact you said clap. I just heard yesterday, like the the <laughs> an expression I've never heard before, and I thought was absolutely hilarious. You know, like sometimes it's you know when sometimes someone says a new expression or something, yeah. and you are just like, man, that's gold. Like I'm going to use that. It's Go really on. good. And um, it was actually talking about, so just to give everyone some context, um, you know, we've briefly, it's come up briefly before that that Kieran and I don't mind playing the odd video game, Mm. right, and uh, probably even more so during lockdown, but it came up just before we were talking about these two games, Dota and League of Legends. It doesn't matter, they're two similar games, right? You don't need to know much about them, but they're two very similar games, right? And I was talking to this guy, and he plays one. He calls Dota, and I said something like, "You know, oh yeah, you should reinstall League of Legends." And he goes, "He goes, oh man, I would rather shit in my hand and clap." <laughs> yeah. than, than play League of Legends. And I was like, well, "I've never heard that before." That's good. That's good. I thought that was so good. so good. There's actually quite a few funny um, expressions in Portuguese that that refer to shitting. Like, there's one that is um, like. Well, and I guess it's kind of similar in English. I guess it has the word shit, I guess, because the translation would be when you don't give a shit. Mm. In Portuguese, you say, like, you're you're taking a shit while walking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, Fuck it, bro, I don't care. Oh, that's awesome. There's another one that's quite funny, which is um, uh, to say kind of, you know, uh, if someone's in your way, you know how imagine if someone is – Like, I don't know, it could be someone cock blocking you or someone who is like in your way, but not utilizing the the space that they're occupying. Mm. You'll say to them, um, you'll say to them either, either take a shit or get out from behind the bush. So kind of like, imagine if someone, like if you've gone camping and someone's squatting behind the shit bush or something, but they're actually not taking a shit. You're like, dude, either take a shit or move. I need to use it.
0: Yeah, I need to take a shit. My needs are greater than yours. Anyway,
1: yeah, shit, clapping, yeah. Oh, uh, there you go. So, so yeah, going back to jujitsu, mm. yeah, I got my first degree, which, uh, you know, we'll go into what what that means, a, a first degree. But yeah, a few people actually, I could tell by people who had commented on the Instagram post I did or Facebook or whatever, had assumed, just from their their comment, I could tell that they thought that I got my black belt. Oh. You know, and even some of my close friends were like, "Oh, so you know, is is like black belt and first degree different? Because I know that in some martial arts, like when you get your black belt, it's just automatically like, you know, the beginning is a first degree black belt, uh, right? Whereas yep. in jiu-jitsu it's black belt." Nothing, right? Just a black belt. Not just a black belt, but black belt. Say uh, it out is, bro. You're just a black belt. Yeah, right? yeah. It's we're, black belt. It's, we're, we were similar level. Yeah. Now
0: now there is more of a separation yeah, between that's us. Yeah, that's Let's true. Let's be real.
1: Yeah, there's a piece of white tape. Exactly. Yeah. And that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so in jiu-jitsu, it's uh, black belt and then your degrees. So I could tell some people, e- even my mum messaged me. She was like, what's with that? I thought you already had... What? Am <laughs> I like, pretending? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they're on to me. Crap. <laughs> yeah, so um we'll talk a little bit about uh I mean what it takes to get your black belt, first degree black belts and just, you know, we'll we'll go into a little bit about the the jujitsu ranking system at, as, as a whole.
0: Straight in let, let's let's dive straight in. So from my understanding and just to fill those in in the that aren't in the know, it takes well this is debatable and let's talk about how long it takes to get a black belt however once you receive your black belt every degree after that is an essentially an automatic process after every five years uh
1: no yes no uh so the first you're you're more or less right one, once you've gotten your black belt in jiu-jitsu one thing that and so it's worth noting that when we're talking about the ranking system, we're really referring to the IBJJF yeah. ranking system. That's the, you know, the the most widely accepted ranking system. But if you listen to our, our last episode, I don't want to go too much down the rabbit hole of what we spoke about last episode, but we spoke about gi versus no gi and them becoming different sports. And, you know, that they should have a governing body that sort of, The buck stops with that person. Well, you know, it's essentially, at least in Gi Jiu-Jitsu, the buck stops with the IBJJF, but at the same time, it is just an organization. So what I mean by that is when we talk about the requirements, most people follow the IBJJF system, but that's not to say that if someone didn't follow the IBJJF system, you know and said they were a black belt or you know they had were given a black belt from whoever i mean would they still be a credible black belt yeah i mean you i mean there's no organization to say they're not right because there isn't an official governing body right anyway so when you get your black belt in jiu jitsu your degrees yeah they become automated to some extent from the IBJJF so once you're a black belt in in, in jiu-jitsu, you're no longer awarded your degrees from your coach. You'll see coaches put them on the students. Like you'll see a ceremony where the coach puts the third degree on their student's belt, mm. right, their third third black belt degree on the student's belt. But it's just like a, a formality for the, for the ceremony, right, for the grading. It actually just comes from the IBJJF. And depending on what degree depends on how long. So uh, for example, your first two degrees are three years apart, mm-hmm. right? So the fact I got my first degree like last month or whatever means I've been a black belt for three years. You know, in another three years, I'll get my second degree. And then I believe from that, let me, let me just bring it up and double check. Then it starts to go in, in five year increments. Right. But they also have uh, certain like age requirements as well. Really? Well, like once you get up to like uh, Red and Black Belt or Mm -hmm. Coral Belt, it's called, like that you have to be a minimum of 50 years old, I believe, to receive that belt. Okay. To give you an idea, the minimum time at Black Belt before you can go to Red and Black Belt is 31 years. So even when – man, back when when I first started training with Fabio, what was he? Was he a – I think he was already a fourth degree – when I started training with Fabio. But even even back then, whenever when Fabio would get a stripe, which wasn't very often because so it's every, like, five or – yeah, I think it's after your secondary degree. I believe it's every five years. So you would have only seen him get one then? I was there for one. Yeah, I think he got his fifth degree at the same grading he gave me my purple belt, I think. Cool. And then I don't think I was there for any other – his degrees from memory. Yeah, but obviously they don't come up very often, right? And even even back then when IBJGF was more relevant than it is today, you know, we've spoken about it potentially becoming less relevant. Even back then, Fabio would say, well, really the only thing that degrees mean is that you're getting old, right? (laughs) Like that's what he would say. And, you know, to some extent I agree with that, you know, but it also – Because you can nowadays with the explosion of jiu-jitsu, you can have a blue belt, purple belt, brown belt who's, when it comes to competing in jiu-jitsu, beyond the level of a fifth-degree black belt, right? But I guess at the same time it does show a certain level of experience, right? Opposed Mm. to – it doesn't necessarily automatically mean like, oh, wow, that dude's a fourth-degree black belt. Like he must know a lot. But at the same time it does mean, oh, man, like – that tells you that dude's been a black belt for like over a decade or something. Like he's been yeah. training a long time. I mean,
0: if I saw a fourth degree black belt, I'd expect them to know a lot. If they didn't, I'd be confused.
1: You would yeah. I think the risk becomes uh, and I think this is well, I guess with anything that that constantly that you have to constantly learn mm. and educate. I guess the risk is, you know, have they worked to stay current?
0: Yeah, that's you know? that's a lead-up question I wanted to ask. So because this system is automatic, right, and then I'm going to take what? a leaf out of your book and use an analogy. Do it, bro. So in Australia, when you get your motorbike licence, if you're over the age of 25, once you get your red P's, which is like beyond learners, it's the next one after like your learner licence – then automatically, even if you don't ride a motorbike, you get your full license after 12 months of having your red piece. You just right. have to get your red piece, do the test, and then you automatically get your full license. Right. I'm assuming because it's run more or less automatically through a system like IBJJF. If you are registered under IBJJF and you've met like the certain criteria, because I know you had to do a, uh, a, yeah. a coaching, uh, sorry, a rules um, A
1: rules course. A rules, course yeah.
0: rules course to get. Your uh, first degree. And I'm not sure if there's any other, like, you know, hoops you got to jump through for the other degrees, but more or less, once you receive your black belt recognized under IBJJF, you'll just keep getting the certificates in the mail, even if you don't train? N-
1: uh, Yes and no.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's yeah, a little bit random. No, but I get what you mean, right? Like, you know, someone could just phone it in, yeah. you know, and, yeah. you know, they could, maybe train like, and be like, oh, I'm a fifth degree. It's like, Dude, you, like you threw out your geese 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, well, yeah, yes and no, right? Uh, so that's why it's kind of, well, on the one hand it's trivial, mm. you know, and they don't mean anything, but on the other hand it, it does show some experience and blah, blah, blah. Because, yeah, you've got to jump through a few little hoops. And these hoops are only important to jump through if you want to be recognised by IBJJF. For me as an instructor and a gym owner – IBJJF is still relevant, right? So it's important for me to be recognised by them because they're super, super strict on uh, on the timelines of your belts and things like that. And what I mean by that is, let's say your let's say you're someone who's been a black belt for ten years already you know and an active black belt successful competitor maybe not a world champion or anything but you've never really fought in IBJJF stuff or you know but you're uh, you've been a black belt for 10 years and then you decide man actually I want to go fight in the the IBJJF worlds right all of a sudden you've decided you want to do an IBJJF competition and you go try register for your because you need to have an IBJJF membership mm-hmm. to be able to enroll in the competitions, to register for the competitions. And to get a membership, you need to be recognized
0: by someone that's already in IBJJF?
1: Yes. But even then, they they have zero wiggle room. So if – let's say for me, for example, right? Fabio is – I mean, Fabio grew up training with more or less the the guys who run IBJJF, mm. right? Like he knows them personally. He could pick up the phone and call them, mm. Right. But even in that case, let's say I had never had any paperwork with IBJJF, and all of a sudden I go to register as a black belt, they're going to go, "Nah, dude, we have zero history, like there's zero documentation proving that that you have that you were uh, previously a brown belt, purple belt, blue belt. Like, <laughs> what Who do you mean you? you're a black yeah. belt?" And they'll be like, "No, no, no, ask Fabio." And even Fabio could hypothetically call them and be like no man i promise you he's you know he's one of my students i gave him his black belt blah 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 and they'll go nah dude like mm-hmm. without the documentation because it, they they kind of had to put a line somewhere because there was a period of time where people were just kind of yeah just signing certificates saying they were they were registering as a black belt and they weren't they weren't a black belt right mm-hmm. And so that's then trickled down to now. You, it's even hard to register as a brown belt if you don't have any previous registrations with the IBJJF because what will happen is there's minimum time requirements at each belt, right, as per IBJJF, which is there's zero minimum time at, at white belt, right? And it's like two years for blue belt. Yeah, minimum of two years at blue, one and a half at purple, and one, one year at, one brown. at brown. Yeah. So then that's trickled down even more that now it's difficult to register as a brown belt if you have zero paperwork. Because I because then what people started doing is they would be like, okay, well, I'll just register as a brown belt. All I've got to do is wait a year and then and then I can register as a black belt. IBJJF will see my history. Oh, he was a brown belt a year ago. He mm-hmm. can now be a black belt. So um, yeah, so these hoops, you kind of do need to jump through them if you want to be recognized by the IBJGF, right? And if, if you want to, unfortunately, if you want to compete under their competitions, these are this is what you have to do, right? And like you said, you do need to have someone sign for you as well. Mm. So uh, you need to have someone who is uh, recognized by the IBJGF to sign your paperwork to say, yes, you know, you know, so, for example, for you, if you wanted to do your IBJJF membership, I could hypothetically sign it, but in, in your case, because you fall under Alliance, it's a bigger team that only the, the three founders of Alliance sign it, but more or less it would come to me and I would send it to them and Fabio would be like, oh, that's one of, Ke- that's one of Adam's students and he would sign it. Right. right. And that would grant you your membership because Fabio's. So is this
0: something not- that you recommend people do? Cause I don't think I'm registered under
1: IBJDF. No. So, I mean, at, yeah, at, at white belt or even blue belt, it's maybe not super necessary, but you know, then again, I, I would say if you're someone who thinks that it might be useful for you to have your IBJDF requirements one day, mm. I would say register at blue belt at least. So you start the paper trail.
0: Yeah. That's right? what I was thinking. Cause I'm someone that, I plan on getting a black belt. Like that's something I want to do. Yeah. And not everyone, you know, starts jujitsu with the plan to get a black belt, but I'm in a position where it's something that I want to do. Therefore, I'm just thinking back on what you said, like, you know, you need a paper trail and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I have so a competition paper trail with other uh, organizations yeah, like New South Wales, BJJF, but it's not the same shit. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. They, w- they won't care. Yeah.
1: So um, yeah, like I think, cause then even it, uh, if you do your blue belt registration and you don't do another registration until black belt, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where the IBJJF stance is on a situation like that, but Mm -hmm. at least you could be like, well, look, man, you can see that 10 years ago, I was a blue belt. So, you know, there's been enough time for me to do the minimum time at each belt, you know? Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you wanna start the paper trail. So Um, with the minimum
0: trial, sorry, with the minimum time at each belt, in theory, hypothetically, someone could walk into a jiu-jitsu gym and in five years could be a black belt
1: yeah like yeah.
0: I, I counted six months for white belt two years for blue belt year and a half for purple and a year for brown five years and you're you're effectively
1: yeah a you black could belt. yeah you could hypothetically what would it take I mean,
0: to do that I, I, okay I know that every gym is different and I know we've spoken in the past about some gyms that utilize certain belts to buy they're students like some gyms will no matter what you'll get a blue belt after like 12 months or whatever and whereas some gyms it takes you 12 months to get your first stripe which yeah. i think is a bit ridiculous personally but you know
1: yeah yeah i mean it's hard to give you know a final answer because like you said every, every gym's different but in european in yeah for someone so to get a is it possible in to to
0: get a black belt from yourself in five years no nah, no nah. uh
1: i mean well Yes, but, but no. I'll give you an example. I mean, for me, I'm obviously always going to try uphold the standards that I was held to, mm-hmm. which were super high, right? Um, the only people that kind of Fabio graded that quickly were, like, someone who, you know uh, – uh, uh, White belt, or, or well, actually, let's not say white belt, because worlds at white belt is not considered worlds, right? Really? So let's say blue belt is one year they would win worlds at blue belt, then the next year they would win it at purple belt, then the next year at, you know, so it was essentially like every year this person was already winning worlds. They were, the best, they were
0: considered the best in the world at their belt.
1: Yeah, so right. they were sort of the only people that Fabio graded at that, you know, incredibly fast rate mm. but at the same time there's other students that he didn't for example there's two of fabio's students but one in particular better known his name's Lel Noguera. more or less retired from um competition now he's now like the head coach out of the alliance in atlanta which is uh jacques old gym and Leo and I used to train together a lot. He's a big dude. He's the guy who invented the Sao Paulo pass. If anyone's heard of that way to pass close guard, it's called the Sao Paulo pass. No, can you describe that? It's it's a pass from close guard that's kind of counterintuitive because you you have zero posture and you 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 get an underhook as if you were like passing half guard. You kind of get an underhook and then you reach back to open their legs kind of, like you're going to put yourself in a triangle or an umnaplata, but it opens up their close guard and you go to half and then pass from half. Um, yeah, so Lau, he was – how many times did he win Worlds at black belt? I can't remember. He's like two or three-time world champion at black belt. But he won Worlds at brown as well. And typically you'd think like, man, this dude won Worlds at brown belt. Give him his black belt. And Fabio was like, no, nah, you got to win it again next year wow. at brown. ...before he got his black belt. Shit. <laughs> so... Is that sandbagging? I don't know, maybe, uh, you know. But also, uh, I've never seen Fabio as a sandbagger... ...but Fabio has been one of the things that helped take alliance to so many world titles... ...is he's very strategic about how how the team as a whole was structured to win Worlds. Because when you when you fight at Worlds the points or the team's points are accumulated from blue belt to black belt. So someone who wins worlds at, you know, black belt heavyweight scores the same amount of points f- for the team as a blue belt who wins worlds, right? Cause they're just considered adults, adult competitors. So often what would happen is let's say if, you know, let's say you and I were the same weight division, mm. but, you know, I'm a blue belt and you're a purple belt, and, but we're the same weight division. And, you know, there's kind of – I am maybe ready for my purple belt, but leading into the worlds there's kind of no other alliance member in the blue belt division, you know, in, in the heavyweight blue belt division, and you're already in the purple belt heavyweight division. Like Fabio would look at that and think, well, why am I going to put Adam and Kieran in the same division – Right? Why am I going to give him his purple belt and put him up there? Adam and Kieran will be in the same division. It's better to keep Adam in blue belt, so you know he can fight, he can score points that way, right? And it's not like he would sandbag and hold people for years, but just going into the worlds, which obviously only happens once a year, that would play into his decision making, right? Um, which I don't consider that sandbagging. I just consider that, you know strategically strategic, structuring your team. I mean if you holding. want to talk about sandbagging, like AOJ are the guys who are f- famous for AOJ? Yeah, art of jujitsu, um, the Mendez brothers. Uh, They're the guys who are famous for like having like, dude, that guy's been a blue belt for twelve years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. But um man, from the,
0: the side of the student, I mean it's all well and good. Like if you if you in my opinion if I was a, a legitimate blue belt and I won some competition, whatever, like even the Australian titles or something like that, Australian Open, doesn't matter what it is, I'd be you know proud, right? Yeah. But if I'd been a blue belt for five years and I should be you know at that point a senior purple belt and I win, I'm kind of you know it's a purple belt versus blue belts. It doesn't make sense. It's yeah, not,
1: like it's not like you would ever help hold someone for long enough. I mean, not the Aoj guys. I'm oh like, right. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah, a bit for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, why, why would look, you be proud of that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm just making a passing comment on what people say online. I mean, uh, I, I don't know the Mendez brothers personally. I've never been and trained there. It sounds like, like a call out my dude. <laughs> I could take them. They're pretty little, bro. No, <laughs> no, they're far superior to me, the Mendez brothers. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know if it's, I don't think of it as sandbagging, but, mm. but yeah, going back to your, the question that you asked, what feels like 20 minutes ago, what, you know what would it take for someone to get that? You know, hypothetically, you could get a black belt in five years. Yeah. You know, could would I give a black belt to someone in five years? Yeah. You know, yeah, there would have to be someone who's operating at, at that level. You know, but it kind of does make me. I'm I'm really torn about the whole belt system. You know, I there's something really special about you know, having a black belt or earning your belts. And for some people it's, it might be the kind of the golden title as to why they got into martial arts in the first place, you know, that maybe they watched some cool Kung Fu movies or whatever, which may seem sort of far-fetched nowadays. But Mm. if you think back, a lot of the old school Jiu-Jitsu guys got into it because they watched a Bruce Lee movie or whatever. And, you know, this, this status of being a black belt. So, You know, it's definitely my biggest achievement in my life, you know. Um, You know, biggest professional achievement, you know, I would say you know, my family's probably the biggest (laughs) achievement. But, you know, my black belt and owning a gym and stuff, like it's something I'm really proud of and it's – for me it's really important. But I do also think with – like we spoke about last episode and gi versus no gi and the separation – I don't know what the answer is because belts are a good way to, to to separate skill levels, so to speak. Because if there were no belts, no one wants to. You don't want to go in register for a competition and you know, unbeknownst to you, you're fighting against a guy who is yeah, like a, a third degree black belt or something because you don't I'll know. Take him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but you know, you at the same time you also do look at guys who you know, in the, the no-gi scene who recently fought on who's number one a few weeks back now by the time people are listening to this. But obviously the, the Hudulo brothers won, uh, you know, Kolabati, a 15-year-old, like, won in his fights, yeah. you know. Um, so it does make you think, you know, well, does jiu-jitsu, should jiu-jitsu take more of a pro an approach like, like boxing or Muay Thai or something where there's open. Yeah, there's there's no belts. It's just obviously you still have weight divisions and things like that, but are there no belts? It's just, well, if if you're good enough, you know I think uh, having
0: a competition with an absolute category that was absolute across belts would be interesting. I mean, that's something I would be interested look, but I then think again, I it mean would just if, be dominated by black belts though, you would imagine eventually. I mean, Without having the outliers, like in my opinion, someone like Cole, he's an outlier. I mean, I, I've said to you, this, I said this to you off off air, but I've been following that kid for a little while and he's, He's on the next level. Like he is a prodigy in the making. Like he
1: unfortunately just has a very punchable-looking face. Don't <laughs> you reckon? Like, uh, I mean, I'll leave that
0: one to you. But <laughs> I get well you, what you're saying. You yeah. don't. You don't want to say now, it in
1: case one day you. No, I. You said you know, this to me, and I haven't. I don't know why. He's just got a face that you're like. man nah, I could punch you. I. I, <laughs> I mean, I know that makes evil. me. You want to punch a uh, 15 uh, year <laughs> It makes me sound like a brick, but you like, are a brick. I don't know. Like, I've never met the saying. kid, but he's I, just... I have a
0: theory as to why you th- find him so punchable. And it's because he's young, but very confident. No, I and actually I think I that-
1: I mean, I don't think, no, I'm gonna disagree. Cause I actually don't oh. really follow him at all. I know, okay. I know next to nothing about him. But just like, if I just see a photo of him, it's I'm like, like even, even, even before I knew Do who he was. Do you have that
0: feeling when you see photos of like babies? You're like no, I want to punch that baby. <laughs>
1: no, but it's definitely like came across my mind the first time you walked into the gym. I was yeah, like, "Oh, um, this dude, punchable. <laughs> punchable, baby. fucking <laughs> um, swing." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like if it, if jujitsu went that way, I I don't know a lot about how how the the boxing circuit or that the Muay Thai circuit works. Mm. But let's say hypothetically they did away with belts altogether. Well, then obviously they need to have there needs to be a system in place for you to uh, to progress to the higher ranks. Like you can't just be a year into jiu-jitsu and be like, cool, and go register for a professional fight. The yeah. same way that you can't as a boxer. You know, you have to work your way through the amateur scene. And mm-hmm. I actually don't even know, like, what has to happen until you say I'm a professional boxer. Like whether that's through sponsorship or mm. do you have to make it onto a certain – card I actually don't know right Mm. but you know and MMA is kind of the same right you you need to put in the work and essentially be scouted right or be annoying on social media and then (laughs) and then make it into the UFC or 1FC or whatever these so if they were to do away with belts there does need to be I guess some type of way that people can make it through as well as just for, for safety reasons. I know jujitsu doesn't have striking, but you know, it uh, can still be dangerous. It can still be yeah. dangerous, right? Like for both parties, you know, you, if you had, you ask any experienced jiu jujitsu uh, practitioner and they'll tell you that majority of injuries come from like a, for lack of a better term, like a spazzy white belt.
0: It's like that meme that I posted on our, yeah. Uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, with the like, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It would be a bit old now. People would be like, what? Meme, huh? Because yeah. it would be so long ago by the yeah. time they listening to this. It's, but,
0: essentially, like, it's it was a meme template where the, the premise of the meme is um, the, the white belt saying how many uh, up, upper belts they've injured, which is a lot. Yeah, yeah. And they're a spazzy white belt. But, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to I- explain a meme uh, verbally. That's anyway. right.
1: Yeah, because, yeah, you know, if – the it's kind of like when uh, again something from our social media probably the best reel you've posted where I where I was saying I don't like drilling with lower yeah. belts because they don't move the way you want to yeah. you know and yeah same from a competitive level like if you're a high level competitor and then you've got some you know let's not call them a spazzy white belt but maybe just a spazzy black belt. you know yeah or just a run of the mill blue belt or mm. something you know not a colabate just a run of the mill blue belt man, like they might do something that you wouldn't expect them to do and that that would be incredibly dangerous, mm. right? Um, you know, maybe they, well, let's look at jumping clothes guard, which by sm- most rules aren't allowed until blue belt and up. Why? Because white belts tend to jump and land on people's legs and break their knees in half. Or even take mm. different,
0: like uh, like a knee bar is not allowed till brown belt or like, you know, heel hooks are not allowed until brown belt. Yes. Yeah. Things like that. And there's, there's reasons why those movements aren't allowed is because they're very dangerous. I just, yesterday I was on Reddit and I saw a video. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how old it is, but there was a competition in the States somewhere and uh, there was a no-gi um, match and one of the competitors had a single leg and the other competitor tried to do a scissor sweep and just jumped into the side of this guy's leg and just snapped it in half. Yeah. And it's oh brutal. man, it was it was nasty. And he yeah. was kinda like shrugging his shoulders, throwing his hands up, like, oh, what what happened? <laughs> but like cl- he fucked up the scissor sweep and scissor sweep or a scissor takedown? A scissor takedown, sorry. Yeah, a scissor takedown.
1: Is, yeah, which for most rule sets is you're not allowed to do a scissor takedown, right? Yeah. It's it's like jumping close guard on steroids. Exactly, it's super you
0: literally jump, and if you fuck it up, guess what happens? You jump on side of his leg and snap it. And yeah. this is exactly what happened.
1: Is yeah. like, oh, I don't know. It on was the flip thing. side, though, like last ADCC, Gary Tonen took out Edward Najimi with the most epic scissor takedown into a into a heel hook. Yeah, but this guy um, definitely was <laughs> not Gary. But Turnen. you know, yeah, that's that's mm. high level guys, right? You know. Um, yeah, exactly, and be- you've spoken s- about that
0: in the past. Like they've signed the dotted line. They, you know, it, you, you spoke about it in the context of tapping. Like they are not going to pull their punches. If they get a submission, they're going to reef it on, yeah, and the- it is your responsibility to tap quick enough so that I don't fucking break your arm.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: it's the same sort of you know, story.
1: Um, but be- beating yeah. the same old drum, I always, you know, because it's a sport I follow. I always, you know, often talk about <laughs> yeah, talk about Formula One and you know man, there's, there's, a, there's a reason that they can be, you know, five centimeters behind the car in front, mm. nose to tail at 300 kilometers an hour because they know the dude in front won't brake until he reaches the braking marker mm-hmm. before the corner, right? Whereas if that was just some, you know, less experienced driver, like, he's not going to operate. And then that all of a sudden, that makes the whole scenario unsafe. Exactly. Uh, obviously- that's uh, way more dangerous than what we're talking about but you know it it's back to how I said if they were to do away with belts altogether, there needs to be some way that people work their way through the system to make it into I the totally professional agree. leagues and conversely I as a if I were to look back as a as a white belt or a blue belt I wouldn't have wanted to, register for a competition where i could have been going up against whatever belt even like even even now i have white belt students who go to compete and they get stressed because you know they've got one stripe and that other white belt they're fighting has four you know and it's and that's something that's even irrelevant let alone if it was okay that dude's actually a brown belt
0: yeah yeah i mean fuck i my first comp i was a two stripe and my first match was a four stripe and looked like a senior four stripe i followed him on instagram he got promoted like a few weeks later, um, not trying to toot my own horn, but it doesn't. It's irrelevant. Yeah, it's yeah. irrelevant. Like yeah. I, I yeah, I say that
1: to everyone because know. stripes are even more trivial than oh, yeah. than, than belts because right? every gym does stripes differently. Yeah, there. and there's no, like, uh, unless IBJJF have updated their website or something, I don't believe they no, have they any don't. guidelines no. for stripes. So because it's they're not re-
0: a they're not a recognised thing, they're yeah. allowed. Like you're allowed to obviously, like you're allowed to do what the fuck you want, and there's certain um from this is my understanding so if if you know otherwise correct me out there in the comments or whatever or yourself adam um but like the 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 only policy there is recommendation that it's four stripes per belt yes that's the only really thing out there like it can take you you know you can get your first stripe on the first day if you wanted or you can get all four in one day like it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter because stripes they're not a legitimate thing it's yeah it's, it's not like a degree on a black belt where you get yeah, that's a right. certificate. Yeah. It's literally, you know under your coach's discretion, they give you some tape on your belt to show progression within the belt. And the reason they implemented them is to retain students, particularly for blue belt. So I've heard of some gyms that only award stripes at blue belt. I've heard of some gyms that don't award any stripes at all. But I just wanted to rewind slightly to the point you made about what would happen if they removed belts from jiu-jitsu altogether, how it would structure the con- competitive scene I'd argue that if they removed belts from jujitsu, you would have significantly less people joining jujitsu. I think that for or some people, you,
1: or you would have your your attention would be lower. Oh, I yeah, hundred percent. Maybe not people, less people. I mean, yeah, you would probably have some less people joining because there's just not that whole like, oh, I want a black belt. Around. People but would yeah, not the, stick around, dude. Yeah, I, I don't think it would change the in terms of. Numbers in the gym, it wouldn't change the numbers of competitors you have because people who are, you know, heart and soul competitors, they kind of they 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 couldn't yeah they couldn't care less about belts right. I don't give a fuck about belts to to a certain extent yeah. Don't
0: don't get me wrong, like I still want to progress yeah. But I know what you
1: mean right. But
0: the color of the belt, like uh, man, I I would a a competitor
1: who uh, someone who's a competitor to their bone, Mm. they just wanna compete against the best people in the world, Mm -hmm. right? So they, if anything, they probably don't want belts because they would just wanna, from day one, go fight other black belts or whatever, Mm. right? Mm. Uh, But yeah, for the average person, if you were to get rid of belts, because then you're taking away, you know, the the stripes were implemented to help people see some sort of progression. So imagine if
0: you take away stripes, let alone yeah, belts, yeah, like, fuck. Right?
1: So, but then what if, like we spoke about last episode, yeah, the sports go separate directions. Like, I, you know, and then in Nogi, what if they do away with belts altogether? Like, how are people going to mm. – I don't know how they do it. I think they in. would.
0: I think that's one tradition they would keep. Just look at, like, uh, you know, belts being awarded – in no gi they just they don't wear a gi they just hand they them the belt it's ceremonial belt. Yeah. right and it's brand new they'll, they'll never wear it yeah, it's, yeah yeah it's literally a ceremonial thing they hand them the fucking belt and then yeah. on their way like i saw um craig jones in the states promoted one of his students to brown belt and he just you know handed, handed him, him, a, him brand a, new, yeah. a brand new brand uh, <laughs> new brown belt in the packaging yeah. it's like that's that's yeah. a tradition i mean
1: i would like to keep that tradition you yeah know, i would or, too. You you know, if, if it fades off, you yeah. know, let's keep it until after I'm dead yeah. or something. You know? Well, it,
0: it's important because then there's certain rules, depending on what, like IBJJF and a lot of um, organizations just mimic their rules, just take their rules, right? And even in no gear, you have to wear ranked rash guard. So you essentially are wearing your belt on your rash guard. Well, right.
1: yeah, in IBJJF comps. Like, not in, if you go do who's number one or something. Oh, yeah, they don't know, give a yeah, shit. You can wear ADCC whatever the fuck you want. Or whatever. But all the yeah.
0: competitions that I've done in the Sydney area follow the IBJJF rule set. And there was actually, I was in the finals in, in my white belt no gi, and my competitor had like a black. Rash got on and the, and the ref because there was cameras around and because it was the final was like, Oh, I got to go get some, uh, yeah. upper guidance here. And he had to go talk to the, the head organizer to see if it was okay. And I was like, Oh fuck. What's going on? well You on
1: often see it like the, the, Local competitions and stuff you'll see in the white belt division just hundreds of dudes with their rash guards inside out because the ref uh, would have said no you need a ranked rash guard it needs to be white yeah or it needs to be I think it's thirty percent of the rash guard it needs to be the color of your belt yeah and these dudes are wearing like all black rash mm. guards or Craig Jones rash or whatever yeah. rash guard right
0: subscribe to my OnlyFans rash guards yeah, is, yeah. and then they end Blue. up <laughs> and they just turn it <laughs> yeah
1: they just turn it inside out yeah um but yeah I think you know maybe it goes back to you know, the kind of human nature of, of wanting something tangible, mm. you know, when you, it's a goal. Yeah. 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 When you think about, you know, Craig Jones awarding that Brown belt and that guy will never use that belt. Mm. It's like, well, the same when you win the U, a, a, a UFC title, you're never wearing that belt. Yeah, bro. Like pants up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's you symbolic. want something tangible, right? Yeah. So it's purely um, symbolic, really? Yeah.
0: Like the belt itself probably worth like the UFC uh, belts. They're probably worth like, you know, a couple hundred bucks at most. It's, you know, and you have to give it back if you lose. Like it's yeah. it's a sim, it's a purely symbolic thing.
1: Well, I think um, you know, like 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 we were just saying, for the average person, I think it would really be detrimental to students' progression and for academies' retention. If they uh, did away with belts, yeah, and the lifespan of their Could students if more. they did away with mm-hmm. belts. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not. But if they did. Yeah, they would definitely have to. It would only benefit, I think, the competitive scene, and they would, yeah, need to have some structure in place for people to progress. Well, I've, for, I've, like I don't know how it works in in college for wrestling because obviously wrestling doesn't have belts. Mm. Uh, you know, if anyone, I know we do have some listeners from you know North America. If if they if they know if they want to to chime in, I'm not sure. They're like how. North
0: America, what's that? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the United States. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I'm not sure. You know, because I know. The, the, the flashy title that gets thrown around is NCAA division one wrestler. Yeah, right? they have But it's like, okay, well you can't one, just two, from day one, one, register for division one. Like, mm. do you have to win division 10? Do you that the bottom and you work your way up And yeah. you, or do you have to accumulate a certain amount of points? But yeah, so even then, if that's the case, it really, it's great for competitors. It you might know, be like,
0: like, okay, so I played rugby uh, school, and you have like like school like schoolboy rugby, and yeah, you have a, a, B, C, you know, or firsts, first, second, third, yeah. etc., or like the first fifteen in rugby union, uh, and they're selected by the, the based on performance. Some schools do like tryouts. Um, some tryouts, you know, go for like a. Uh, The preseason, some, you know, just based on what you were last year, depending on the organization, the school, et cetera. But it's just selected by the coaches. But, I mean, we're talking schoolboy sort of rugby, not like a professional, more professional organization like college wrestling. It's a little bit like there's more money involved and, you know, sponsorships from the school. So I I suppose it's different. But I did have a question for you based on this topic that I've been wanting to ask you for a while. And basically, if I was to train two times per week, would I be able to progress in jiu-jitsu or is training two times per week purely wasting my
1: time? Um, from a business point of view, when it comes to taking your money, it's definitely not a waste of your time. You should t- <laughs> no. uh, man, yeah, a little bit, you know, twice a week is such a small amount. There's unfortunately fortunately but unfortunately jujitsu is just so complicated it's so hard twice a week is just such a small amount of time to be doing it if if you really want to progress and get good and the standards are only getting higher by the day you know just one of the things that when i've got a new student and they'll be trying to learn how to invert Mm. right even just like in a warm-up drill or whatever and I often say to them I'm like man back when I was a blue belt or a purple belt and bearing bolos came on the scene these, these were movements that even current black belts didn't know how to do I said but but now it's just normal and that doesn't mean it's easy but it's normal nowadays like it's a beginner movement it's a basic movement but just because it's basic doesn't mean it's easy right and and twice a week is just such a small amount you know I think really
0: Am I wasting my time, do you think?
1: I don't think – I mean, look, it's it's never wasted time. You're still going to be a, acquiring skills. And some people, you know, some people pick stuff up way quicker than others. So, for some people, they might progress more training twice a week than that the, the other dude who's training five times a week because, I don't know, that twice a week dude is just a natural or, you know, he previously did whatever other sport that complements it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah – I mean, it's such a small amount. I can tell you that statistically the average person trains two and a half times a week. So let's say the average person trains two or three times a week. So I guess if you if you want to look at that, that data, you could say, well, if you train twice a week, you're on the bottom end of average. Okay. So you will always be on the low end of average unless you're, you know, incredibly talented and gifted. So if you're training three or four times a week, or, you know, if you're training three times a week, cool, you're on the upper end of average. So you've got to be training four times a week just to say like, oh, I, tr- I train a tiny bit more than the average Joe. So okay. if you want to be getting good and progressing- and When we say
0: times, let's let's just define that term really quick. So if someone like myself, if I do four Days per week, and I'm doing back to back classes. Do you consider that four times per
1: week? Yeah. So you know, for at our gym, we have, uh, you know, we have a class that runs five thirty till six thirty, and then a class that runs six thirty till eight. So we often have students just do both those classes back to mm-hmm. back because the five thirty class is a little lighter. Mm. Even though that on the timetable, that's going to record that you train twice. I see that as you training once. You know. For me, I think, this. um, I mean, imagine it the same as weightlifting. I see uh, one training session is, you know, do you need to recover before you can go again? If the answer is yes, then you've done a training session. If the answer is no, then it's the same workout, Mm -hmm. you know? Like that's how I see, uh, uh, you know, training
0: okay this leads me on to so
1: for for me i I used to train seven in the morning and then i would you know do some weights and drill and but then my next like training session was at 12 like a competition class Mm. could i have done those classes back to back like no no way like after that morning class i needed to eat Mm. i needed to you know i would often take a nap on the mats or whatever and then go again at the 12 o'clock class you know so that's I see that as two different sessions because I needed to recover from one before I could do the second one.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas
1: if you're just doing them back to back, it's just you've just done one two and a half hour session, which for some people might seem long, but I mean, yeah, I used to do an hour and a half to two hours at seven in the morning. And then that 12 o'clock session was another two hours. Like, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it was two and a half hours. So, for me, even a two and a half hour class was sometimes just well, that's just like one workout session. Yeah, okay. I mean, you would know as a previous bodybuilder, how many sometimes you would spend how long for Three a workout a session? Day. Three hours. Right? For for the one session,
0: right? Yeah, so two hours of, of of weights. Or like two hours including warm up and then an hour of cardio after it. And there that was when I was in the peak.
1: And did you consider that one workout or two? Whoa.
0: One one workout. Right? Yeah, I suppose it was one. I mean workout. you would you would probably sometimes I broke diff- it up. You bit. would
1: maybe broke it up on your on your regime in terms mm. of like the muscle groups you were working on and everything. Mm-hmm. But it was like the one workout It was session. one session. Yeah. It was yeah. just
0: a long fuck off session. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So for me, unfortunately for the listeners here who were students of mine being like, what, but I'm like cranking. I've done like 50 classes. Nah, you've done 25, bro. Yeah. You know, they're just like, you've just done 25, you know, two and a half hour classes. That's how, that's how I see it. Yep. When, you know?
0: Okay. So what about, so I have, this question is, is a, uh, you know, it's been asked before and other, you know, other places around the jiu jitsu world. What about the comments that will come back and say, but I can't recover uh, enough. Like two is two sessions per week is my max. If I did any more, I wouldn't be able to walk. I'd be crippled, I, you know, I, I, I cannot physically recover for whatever reason. What do you say to that?
1: I would advise they find a nice GP and mm. <laughs> get to the bottom of what's wrong with them. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, that's just such a garbage excuse. I mean, obviously, for some people that would be a legitimate excuse because, man, all, all types of people train. You know, is the person saying that a guy who works eighty hours a week at his own law firm and has three kids and blah blah blah? You that might be the case, right? Mm. And if that's the case, like, man, okay, you know, that's you've that dude's got a lot. I'm, I'm impressed to see that you're here whatsoever.
0: So what's but, the ceiling for someone that trains two times a week? Where, where do you see them? Like where's their skill cap? Cause you did say that, look, honestly, you're probably not going to progress past a certain point. Where's that point?
1: Oh man. I'm, I'm laying it's on like, thick with these hard questions here. I just pre-planned. I know the answer. They're just maybe not. Just ans- say it. They're just maybe not answers. I want to publicly say, just say it. Um, you know, this episode will release and we will get all these emails of students. <laughs> ah, they won't <laughs> listen anyway. Look, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll, I think my – I try to keep really high standards mm. and I think for that person training twice a week who's – it's worth noting that there might be some students I only see twice a week but that doesn't mean they're not doing training – or theory studying outside, right? We've spoken about that before, the importance of doing self-study and that if the only time you did any jiu-jitsu or thought about jiu-jitsu was when you were at the gym, you know, you're gonna progress slowly. Mm. But yeah, so there's some people I might only see twice a week, and there are students I know of that I only see twice a week, but I know that they are putting in jiu-jitsu work, five, six days a week, right? I know that, but uh, but I only see them twice a week because of logistical reasons, mm-hmm. okay? Because of their work life or whatever. But let's say if we're talking about the person who only interacts with jujitsu jitsu twice a week, they train twice a week, they don't, they're not really into watching YouTube videos or they don't do any self-study or they don't drill with one of their friends on the weekend or whatever. They just literally, as dry as it can be, train twice a week, where do I see their ceiling? Oh man, like people want to see progression. So I don't want to say they would never pass blue belt because if they train long enough, they will. But in terms of where would I see their ceiling from a technical point of view, I mean, man, a, a competent blue belt, I think, might be as far as it goes, really, you know, because not only it would be different if jujitsu and what is there what you need to know in jujitsu was finite, but it's not, right? So even if beginner gains, right? We've spoken multiple times about beginner gains. Everyone should know what that is by now. So you have that in jiu-jitsu too, but yeah, you get to a point where beginner gains don't exist anymore. And if you're only training, so let's say you train twice a week and that could be enough for you to become like a staunch white belt and even a good blue belt. You know, you're someone who's talented and whatever. But then if you're only training twice a week, you're just gonna constantly get further and further behind the eight ball, you know, because jujitsu is progressing faster than twice a week. Do you know what that I mean? That makes perfect sense. Right? So you're so you're even, basically
0: saying if you train twice per week with beginner gains, because you're learning a new sport, you learn all the basics. You learn the basic, you know, the foundational movements, you learn some submissions, some escapes, etc. You'll learn your, you know, your two go-to moves in every position. And then Following that, yeah, you may pick up a couple things here and there if you train long enough, but you're basically just fighting to maintain your skill set. Yeah, and uh, treading uh, water.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you're probably just going to sink over. You know, like it's. I know that can be a hard pill to swallow, but it's also what makes jujitsu great. You know, it's what makes America great. It's (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) you know, it's it's try that one again. uh, It's what. It's one of the reasons that you know people love jujitsu. It, it's that it's never ending, and it's mm. this constant pursuit of knowledge and the ability to d- develop. And
0: so, what would you what would you say to someone out there that's like, okay, I want to. I mean, probably not going to be any of our listeners. So you're not talking to anyone in particular. Just humor me. What would you say to someone that wants to start jujitsu but can only commit to two times per
1: week? Yeah, I mean, I would say. First of all, just start, because some people, when you, when you get you know, bitten by the jiu-jitsu bug, your priorities may change, right? And that twice a week might turn into six times a week. For me, I started, I, uh, you know, I had done martial arts before jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai and other, other sports. But when I started jujitsu, I didn't actually start training till I was in Canada, when I was living in Canada – And I moved to Canada for visa reasons, but also to kind of do that typical Australia, for anyone listening who's not from Australia, you know, Australia and Canada, if you're under 30, have very favorable working visa terms. Mm. So it's very common for a lot of Australians to move to Canada to do the whole like working holiday, go to the snow Mm. sort of thing, right? Typically Vancouver and Whistler and all that. And so I went with that in mind, And then the whole, like, I was just shy of two years I lived in Canada. Man, I'm, you know, could count on one hand the amount of times I went to Whistler or even to the local mountains in Vancouver because whenever my friends would be like, man, let's go boarding. I'll be like, nah, I got to train. You know, (laughs) I was just so addicted to jujitsu. It just took priority over everything, right? So if you can only commit to twice a week, just, just start because your priorities might change. If they don't... Does that mean you have to quit jujitsu? No, man, but, I mean, just Depends be, be realistic. Yeah, yeah, just be realistic with yourself. Like, I don't want to say, I mean, treading water is quite a grim way to, to think about it. I mean, no, you're still always going to be learning something new. Even if you're training 10 times a week, you're still learning something new. So uh, uh, there's still always value in, in learning, but, you know, you, you do have to be realistic. I used to have an old training partner – one of my friends from Canada who who used to get bummed that, you know, I kind of, he had, he had started training before me and I caught up to him and overtook him in terms of skills and, and abilities and competition success and things like that. That's and just
0: because you're tall though. Yeah, that's
1: right. It's because I got long legs. That's mm-hmm. what everyone tells me, you know, and he would get a bit bummed. And I was like, yeah, but man, like, you know, okay, like I'm 10 years younger than you and I've, gotten to, you know, I've decided that jiu jitsu is what I want to do. Whereas, you know, yeah, you still train a decent amount, but you know, you're married and you know, you've got a super successful career and I mean, they're different priorities. <laughs> Where is he now? You know, uh, well, he's a black belt now, still lives in, oh, in yeah. Canada training, you know, it. uh, you know, so it's like the same as that person who starts training in their mid thirties, I mean, you can't compare yourself to a 19-year-old who wants to be a world champion, you know. Or even if you maybe you started in your mid-twenties and now you're mid-thirties, you got your black belt. Man, don't be upset if you get your ass kicked by that 19-year-old blue belt who wants to be a world champion. Like, you know, the 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 dude's 15 years younger than you. He's you know training jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like, you can't make that comparison. So if you're someone who can only train twice a week and will only ever be able to train twice a week, that's fine. You can still train jiu-jitsu and you can still progress and, you know, ha- have fun. You'll still learn a lot. You know, you just may not be on the cutting edge of jiu-jitsu. And you may not. But, you know, yeah, maybe you don't want to be on the cutting edge of jiu-jitsu anyway. It can be exhausting to stay on the cutting edge of Anything Of anything, you know, some people don't want that constant pursuit and, uh, you know, essential like R&D of, you know, of of a project. So back to your question, if someone is like thinking about trying Jiu-Jitsu and they can only train twice a week, just do it, man. Your priorities might change. And if they don't, that's fine too, but just be realistic with, you know, you're just delusional if you're going in thinking, I'm going to train twice a week. I'm only ever going to train twice a week and I'm going to become world champion. Man, that's just like retarded. Yeah, right? but like would that, they
0: would they make I, black belt?
1: Would they? Well, yeah, that's like going to that, that's going to depend on the gym, right? Yeah, the I mean, is. would someone make black belt from me only training twice a week? Yeah, after like a couple of decades, right? It's going to take you a very long time, right? right? Yeah, like, like a really long time. If, if, if we look back at, even stripes, right? So the way that I award stripes, and this is in in line with, Go on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is I already in, know this. Yeah, so this is in line with the alliance, the way that alliance as a whole, and how I learned from Fabio how how stripes are given. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind it's just based on attendance, and instantly some people listening will be like, "Well, well, hang on, uh, like." What do you mean just based on attendance? So they don't mean anything? Oh, that's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. No, I'll tell you why, right? Uh, so stripes are awarded based on attendance, and that attendance number depends on your belt. So a white belt, it's every 30 classes. a Blue belt, every 65. Purple, 75. Brown belt, 85, right? So it gets progressively harder. But at the same time, the minimum time requirement at those belts gets shorter, right? But, so it kind of doesn't add up, right? So at Blue Belt, to get your four stripes within the minimum time period of Blue Belt, which is two years, right? Where you need 65 classes for each stripe, right? And you've got two years to do that four times, right? So to make 260 classes, I think that is. And then, But then at brown belt, you know, to do the minimum time, you've got one year and it's 85 classes per stripe. So like you'd have to train a lot more.
0: So at blue belt, let's just do the math real quick. So you need to do 260 classes to be awarded well, think, your purple belt in two years, right? So you have 52
1: times oh, two. On, I just did 260 in my head, I ain't no mathematician. Let no, it's one, that. yeah, you're right. So it's 65. 260, yeah, so, but that's to get your fourth stripe. But then, right, then you need, then, oh, and then it's based on then, skill oh, for. No, sorry. Right. So this is, this is the way I do it. Right. Okay. So you would need, so you would need. Two and a half years. You would need training two to three times a week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So train for the average person, but there's another 65 classes on top of that. Cause you need your fourth stripe. Right. And then you need another 65 classes to get to the so-and-so called fifth stripe, which would be the next belt. Right. Right. So it's minimum two and a half years. Yeah, if you train two to three two times a week. Two to three times a, times a week. week, yeah. But if you imagine, let's go, so it's really, it's five times the number, mm. right? So if we go to brown belt, let's say, so it's five times 85, mm. right? That's 425, mm-hmm. right? And then I don't know what calculation you did to get, to get to the number, but you need 425 classes. So
0: what's the minimum time at the belt? One year. One year, so- Oh shit, so you need to do 425 classes in a in a fucking year.
1: If you wanted to do it in the minimum. So
0: divide that by 52, that's 8 8 classes, 8.1
1: classes a week. A week, yeah. Right? So, um the why, why is this why is this on attendance? Because there's just so much to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And this is think about it like this, right? The, there's a couple of reasons that we give stripes. One is to help motivate the student because it can be a long periods of time with between belts, right? Right. Another reason that we base it on attendance is just to aid the instructor because as your gym grows, man, it can be hard to track individual's belt progression, let alone their stripe progression, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and So I have a question
0: though on that when we're talking about white to blue belt, you're not, how many classes was it? like 25? You said 30, 30 classes, yeah. right? So from white belt, four stripe to blue belt, that's not going to be 30 classes though.
1: What, what do you mean? So if, oh, no, if no. I, yeah, well, if I no, get a, but the, but to that,
0: be a water the next belt up.
1: No, yeah, no, that's just a minimum. So, minimum, I, yeah, yeah, so I mean, I, I got gonna,
0: my, I got my fourth stripe in March. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so what, I, yeah, so I was, I was getting to that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, so, yeah, the other thing is to aid the instructor in keeping track, because mm-hmm. what happens, right, if you don't have this tool just to help the instructor, they go, what happens is they go, oh man, oh geez, Kieran's been on that one stripe for freaking ages, man, oh, he must be due for his second stripe. And then I give you your second stripe on your white belt and you're chaffed and blah, blah, blah. But then if I went back and looked in my, you know, booking software and whatever, and whatever tools you have to track your students' attendance, mm-hmm. right? And I go, well, oh shit. Kieran's actually only done four classes yeah. in the, in the last six months because whatever, you know, like because my gym's grown and yeah. I don't teach every class anymore and whatever. So it helps in that as well. But also the reason it's based on attendance is is just no different to how sometimes unis or or whatever is based on attendance. Like, you know, if or let's look at. Here in something super relevant here in Australia, people who are here on like student visas, if they don't hit a certain amount of attendance in the, the, the class they're enrolled in, they lose, they their, lose visa. their visa, Yep. right? So it's that as well. So let's say white belt, right? You do your first 30 classes, mm-hmm. you get your first stripe, mm-hmm. another 30, you get your second, mm-hmm. another 30, you get your third, mm-hmm. Another 30, you get your fourth, so you got four stripes, you've done 120 classes. You do another 30 for your blue, so you've done 150 classes. Does that mean you're gonna get your blue belt from me? No, it just tells me you have done the minimum amount of, you have attended the minimum required amount of classes for me to even ask myself the question, is that person ready for a blue belt, right? So in the same way, yeah, like a a uni course might say you need to attend sixty percent of the lectures, otherwise you fail. Right.
0: So I um I actually did a video, <laughs> funny. I do a video on everything. Uh, I did a video on this uh, recently, and I was basically talking about you know, but based on everything you've told me, that there's effectively in my my view of the world, there's three different methods of awarding stripes. One is on attendance, one is on time, and the other is. You know some boutique way of that specific niche gym. So you only have like thirty students, then you'd probably award, you know, each stripe individually based on, um, you know, quality of jujitsu jitsu or mm. skill set. Right? Yeah. Very uncommon. Uh, and I basically said that if you want to figure out which method your instructor uses, just base it between time from when you started to the first stripe to the second stripe and then by the second stripe you'll be able to literally mathematically calculate when you get your <laughs> <third> <laughs> uh, yeah I mean
1: well yeah if if they have some sort of system in place yeah. but man I know plenty of gyms and I would argue majority of gyms they just do it kind of on a whim yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. and it's also it's unfair to the student it's super unfair to kids like kids uh need, need structure well yeah. they get like
0: five or six stripes on their belts right
1: No, no, they still only get four, but Uh, like we do, for example, we do for the younger kids uh, a second set of stripes that have nothing to do with regular belt progression, but we have some colored stripes and this is for little kids Mm -hmm. and it's kind of their stripes they get on their belt kind of the same how at school they might get like a sticker or something. It's just kind of like that. So they'll get, you know, a yellow stripe if they have good behavior. They get like a... You know, a blue stripe if they treat their uniform correctly is in like they've always got their uniform clean and they know how to tie their belt and things yeah. like that. But these stripes they can lose as well. So Ooh. if they misbehave, they like will lose that yellow stripe off their belt, you know. So this, this is for little kids, right? It's just a, a tool to aid their their behavior. Yeah, I right. Guess. Yeah,
0: that makes perfect sense. Um
1: Yeah, so the these – Attendance stripes, I mean, and there's a lot to consider, man. Like, you know, I look at a competitor differently to the average person because the average person, like you said, you looked at blue belt, it's going to take for the average person training two or or three times a week, it's going to take them two and a half years to hit the minimum amount of classes needed before they're looked at for a purple belt. Whereas a competitor, man, like, you know, a competitor could hit that fourth stripe in a year right, because they're doing so many classes. It's like, okay, but you haven't even done the minimum time at Blue Belt yet. So of course, it's not like in another 65 classes, you're gonna get your purple. Yeah. You haven't even been a Blue Belt long enough yet. You know, so everyone is, and for me, everyone is treated on a case by case basis. Full so, belt promotion. Yeah, yep. so there's no way you can, for me, if any, if any of my students are listening, you can't rig the system, right? Because I look at all of you individually, the only consistent, the only constant, sorry, is that I require you to attend a minimum amount of classes. So if you're looking at me being like, dude, I have been a fourth-stripe white belt forever. Why don't I have my blue belt yet? I'm telling you because you haven't even done 30 classes at, as a fourth-stripe white belt yet. That's why you know, or that, that may be why, right? Yeah, I'm fucking with you now. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was Kieran giving him was weird giving looks. Me a look, right? <laughs> you know, that may be why. And there that is the case. Like one particular student asked me, not as in he didn't ask that taboo thing about yeah. belts, but he was just, he was just asking Ooh. in terms of like, oh, am I missing something? Do I need to, is there something that you're wanting me to work on? Like, what do I need to do to get to that next level? Playing with so fire there, able, boy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> is what he asked. And, you know, he asked it in a very, polite well-educated way he was just saying yeah what what do I need to do to get to that next level Mm. and I was like uh, yeah I essentially said to him man you haven't even done the minimum amount of classes you haven't even turned up to the minimum amount of lectures that Mm. you need to turn up to Mm -hmm. you know for you to pass Mm. this course right so you know that's that's how I deal with Stripes and how Alliance is the, their teaching methodology deals with Stripes. But, yeah, it's not a pay to win, right? It's just telling me that, you know, that with all the data and all the re- – and, you know, the 30 years that Fabio and Jacare and Gigi have put this all together, they've kind of come as a whole to this sort of, okay, these are the more or less the numbers – and classes that people need to be hitting to, uh, you know, have accumulated enough knowledge to be at that level. But, you know, it's just a guideline. It's case by case, right?
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, you, a, your
1: case is a unique one, Kieran. It's, uh, I'm never getting promoted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sandbag. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, for, to, to bring it back to the where we started at the, the episode of, of my first degree and stuff, it's – you know, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of it, but it was also just some hoops I had to jump through, and I, and I did it and just to be recognized by IBJJF. It's important for me as an instructor and a gym owner, mm-hmm. because if I have students wanting to compete for IBJJF and they'll need their instructor to be registered with them, because, man, there's dudes on the scene now who are black belts and more successful than me competitively and whatever, Who would not even be a first degree black belt by IBJJF, or maybe not even be in a black belt as far as IBJJF is concerned, just because they didn't jump through the hoops? But does that mean they're not a black belt? No, not at all. Like Mm -hmm. for example, there'd be plenty of no gi slash like Tenth Planet guys who would be who are black belts and fighting on who's number one and ADCC and whatever else it's and whatever other competition just not fighting in IBJJF competitions because they wouldn't have the paperwork for it. Mm. Um, but it doesn't mean they're not a black belt. And until, like we said last episode, with until there's some governing body that the buck stops with and is the official international, you know, organization for the sport, you know, yeah. IBJJF is just an organization. And, yeah, that makes sense. You know, yeah, I, I, paid my fees and did my rules course and whatever to get my degree. And, you know, you kind of have to do it for every degree, but yeah. Anyway, I get to put some stripe on my belt or I wait until I see Fabio and he puts it on me for the ceremonial factor. But with COVID and international travel, that might not happen for years. So yeah, I'll probably end up just. You might put ta- the second one on. Yeah. He might put the second one on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember, yeah, when he got his, yeah, his fifth degree when I got my purple belt. Yeah. Like, Jacade, Fabio's coach, he wasn't there. He had a—I can't remember if it was like a live or Zoom didn't exist back then. Yeah. I don't know if it was a live Skype call or if it was just a pre-recording. But he had like a projector and he had a video from Jacade, you know. But yeah, it all just took place in Fabio's gym. And I can't remember like he—I think he got one of his students to physically put the stripe on, oh, or maybe cool. he had already had it put on. But yeah, it wasn't like it actually came from. Jack Jackaday
0: came from IBJGF. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. I, I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. If you're listening for this long to the podcast. It was a, a, appreciate
1: a, it. a bit of a longer episode. Yeah. Hopefully yeah, you then. learned
0: something. Uh, Cause I certainly learned a lot. I learned how to rig Adam's promotion. So I was taking system. notes. I'll be publishing that in an ebook <laughs> for all uh, Sydney Jitsu practitioners out of Alliance. And it's reasonably priced at $9.99. Uh, if you want to buy the, how to get your blue belt. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so thanks for listening. Feel free to follow us on your streaming platform of choice. We're all across the internet these days. And if you want to support the show even further, jump over to our Instagram, which is at beyond jujitsu underscore podcast. And we're going to have another Q&A episode very soon. If you're listening to this, get your questions in pretty quick because we do record two weeks ahead. And that is coming very shortly. So if you have yeah, a question-
1: That'll be episode 30, right?
0: Yeah, so if you have a question that you want to ask either myself or Adam, you can do that uh, via our form. That's on our Instagram page. So just click the the link in our Instagram. you will be able to find that very easily. But until next time, guys, thanks for listening. Have a good one. See you later.